up guys Kevin Wagstaff here there has been a long gap in episodes that I must apologize for with COVID-19 obviously things are happening things are moving quick so um, we had to make sure we were taking care of home base and uh, making sure everything was good on the home front and with Inspectora so um, but we are back with Adam Pontier he is out of Kansas City and he's very entertaining he has he has a, a cool story um, and I think everyone will be able to take something from this from the new inspector all the way up to the experienced inspector because at the very end for the last 10 minutes we talked through Spectora Advanced and a certain email that he said is making him on average about $50 more per inspection. He thinks he can make more than 50 grand this year just from one email. So um, if you're an experienced or ISN user, great episode to listen to, especially the end piece. But if you're a new inspector, he really drills down into communication and I think it's worth um, really internalizing and listening to because he, he really goes deep on it and you can tell it's something that's built his business from day one. So um, I look forward to getting back to doing more of these because I, I really miss them. I realize if uh, we, you know not doing as many over the last couple weeks. Um, so anyone out there that's listening, if you, if you are or know anyone that has um, a great story or anything unique um, you know to their business or anything you just want to offer up uh, that you think could be of use to the community, shoot me a message and let's chat um, and we'll get you on the podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy the interview with Adam and uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. And again, thanks everyone for listening and sharing the podcast. Um, That helps keep me motivated and helps keep me doing these and putting them out there. And so the notes of encouragement that everyone sends me are uh, very much appreciated and uh, and I read them all and respond to all of them. So thanks again and uh, talk to everyone soon. Right on, man. Well, hey, thanks for taking time again uh, out of your busy schedule. You're you're a hard one to get a hold of because of how busy you are. So I especially appreciate you. No problem. I'm glad to talk about it and uh, talk about Spectora and what I do. Yeah. So let's. Uh, I mean, let's just have you introduce yourself to everybody that doesn't know you. Um, kind of who you are, where you're at, and uh, and your what your business is all about. Yeah, so I'm Adam Pontier with KC Property Property Experts Inspections, uh, based out of Kansas City. Uh, We've been in business for, this is our 10th year now. I started out as a single man shop um, back in the day when we just had digital cameras and came home and uploaded three, 400 photos per house and spent hours putting together a report. it was it was rough um and prior to being um an inspector i worked as an electrician and hvac tech um and then actually when i started up the business i also co-owned a um, property management business with my father um it was kind of a side uh, venture for him and i both uh he already had his own business but we we ran that kind of simultaneously about the same time I started up the business, mm-hmm. um, but primarily all I've done for the last 10 years is inspect homes. That that situation was interesting with the property management, led me to a lot of knowledge and information, but ultimately definitely wasn't the side of real estate I wanted to be in. Yeah, yeah, so, it's, a, it's a difficult uh, space, um, you know, and I'm sure you have some stories we could dive into there uh, here in a little bit. Um, yeah. But 10 years in the business, I want to get to the, I want to actually, you know, jump to 
current times right now and ask you how, you know, the whole COVID-19 thing has gone in the Kansas City area and kind of what you've seen over the last two months, because I think everybody's, you know, little pockets of the country are different. What, what have you seen out there? Um, Kansas City being Midwest, we haven't been hit as hard, obviously, as either coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not hugely populated like uh, Dallas or Houston and things like that. Um, I mean, we're big enough, but I mean, not massive. Um, so we just haven't been hit as hard, uh, which means our numbers didn't get hit as hard. Uh, personally, I saw a dip for maybe about two weeks. Uh, March, I was on record to set a new, oh, in March, I was on pace to set a new record. Uh, but the last two weeks of March kind of dipped for me, so didn't really help the record setting uh, month. Hmm. Uh, and then April started off slow, but other than that, I mean, I can look at the week by week uh, graphs on Spectora and I can see when things were happening. It slowed up a, a bit, but definitely by no means devastating. Essentially, I think I got, you know, one day where I had zero. Um, but that's me personally. Um, I work with a lot of different types of clients, uh, whether it's retail, multifamily, and investors. And so by working all those different markets, I think it helped uh, stave off, you know, one sector just going real quiet, uh, preventing me from probably having multiple weeks of zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do just shy of a thousand inspections a year. So on average, that's about four a day. Wow. That's awesome. That's so good. Um, so that, I mean, can I, I've heard good things about the Kansas city market in terms of growth, especially these last couple of years. Has it, how has it been over the, yeah. like the course of 10 years? I mean, really that's the, that's our bull market, right? In the last 10 years since the last recession, pretty much. Yes, it's been hot. Um, yeah, for the 10 years, it's been hot. I mean, it took a big hit like every other, uh, market with the uh, mortgage crisis recession last time mm-hmm. um, and I started the business just after that but we bounced back again we don't get hit as hard as the coast but we bounced back and have been hot I mean we've had investors from your from your neck of the woods from uh, from Denver mm-hmm. coming out here buying up uh, hundreds and hundreds of homes as a portfolio so I talk to guys from Denver on a daily basis investors that are looking to buy properties and um, like quite a few <laughs> uh but it, it's a hot market for investors um and so that helps and then obviously with job growth we have a large company here named cerner uh we've got sprint here uh and when those companies grow we obviously grow but in general kansas city has just grown leaps and bounds i mean it continually has um so there's been a resurgence even in like certain parts of the suburbs, you know, everything was spreading out, getting bigger, getting bigger. And I'm sure we've seen this nationally too and some other cities, but uh, as time went on, people like me who grew up kind of in a regular just suburb, uh, we were moving out, but then realized, oh crap, we don't want to be that far out. So we all kind of moved back. Uh, and we yep. call it the interior 435. 435, that's a big old loop around the city. Mm-hmm. And all the property within that area got super popular. And it's actually where I live myself. Uh, and bought up all these homes in 1960s. So I'm 38 years old, approaching 39 pretty soon. Um, but my peer group has come back to, and I live in Overland Park, uh, but we have come back to certain areas and just been buying up our parents and our grandparents' old houses, mm-hmm. um, which has been really huge. Um, for me as an inspector, um, 
you know, we're adding houses, of course, and, you know, we're coming back. We're not a city that where people just move out all the time. Um, we actually get a lot of growth. So that's fantastic. That's, that's so good to hear. And, and in line with what I've heard, it's great. I imagine for the city, um, just for general growth, property values, um, sounds like volume wise, you, you, you have more inspections than you can handle. Um, let's, yeah. let's pop back. And, uh, I want to, I kind of want to hear the, just the backstory of how you got into inspecting homes. I always find that a little interesting in terms of you're an electrician property manager, then what t take us back to what that was like when it was just like, Hey, let me look into this home inspections thing. Um, and did you ever imagine it could get to where it's at now? But I want to just want to hear what, what that was like when you, when you got into the business. Yeah. I mean, so I was like 28 years old, <laughs> young, uh, looking to start my own business. Uh, I was raised in a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, my dad's got several businesses, you know, he started a IT staffing company a nursing staffing company. He bought, owned 34 rental homes in the Kansas City area and so it's just what I grew up in uh, my dad's not a real estate guy uh, per se he wasn't growing up he was a corporate guy but he uh, back up even further he grew up on a farm um, and so he always was a hands-on guy but decided that he wanted to play around with houses and kind of got into it when I was a kid so uh, remodeling bathrooms and then remodeling the whole house for us in our personal family home uh, was just a hobby of his, mm -hmm. uh, something he wanted to do for fun. I was a little kid, so I just helped out, which led me thinking I would want to be in the trades, which I did. Um, I went as far into the electrical and HVAC. I went really far uh, electrical, going and becoming a controls electrician. I was an industrial electrician which means I did a lot of the automated side for uh, factories and stuff like that. And I enjoyed that. That was good stuff. I learned a ton, but I got tired of going to the same place every day. Uh, so ultimately I knew I wanted to be out on my own. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur like my dad and my uncles. Um, and so I sat down and thought, well, what can I do? What can I, what uh, trade school can I take in mind and turn into this consulting business whatever I, I knew I wanted to go down that path um, I'd bought a home had a home inspection the guy did a fine job I realized I did know more than him about all the electrical and mechanicals which is no insult to that gentleman I just had a lot of background in it mm -hmm. um, and so it, it piqued my interest I started looking into it um, and I also realized a few things about myself that I'm a talker, um, you know, on the job side, I may not be the guy you want pulling wire because I would probably like to talk about pulling the wire more and how to pull the wire than actually pull the wire. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just one of the things you realize about yourself. It's like, I kind of like to talk about the job more than the actual job, yeah, yeah. Um, which led me to realize I'm an extrovert. I like talking to people. I like educating people. I just enjoy everything around it and I don't mind doing the actual work too, but I really like talking about it. And so that's when I started looking into home inspection because I realized that it's just enough moving around. I get to go to different places and see different things, but I get to be home every night. It's the right balance for family life for me. Uh, also it was the right balance for me as a person where I like to talk. Um, 
I don't want to be up on stage all day or anything like that, but I do enjoy getting into a home, seeing what's going on, um, and then sharing that information. Uh, plus, I love a constant challenge. I love constantly learning something new. Uh, and so I take classes uh, for fun, uh, you know, some of the inspector classes. Uh, you know, I took the pool one over the weekend through InterNACHI and enjoyed that. So learned some new stuff about pools that I never and we don't really have many pools here, so we, I sub out the pool inspection part, but decided that it was time just to have fun and learn something different. And so home inspection just became a natural fit for me. Uh, can't think of anything else that would fit me and who I am better at this point. That's great. Yeah, it sounds like a completely natural fit. Um, what <laughs> do you... So you remember doing the digital camera, you know, uploads. And so like you've seen amazing change in the industry in 10 years, right? So like what, you know, were you as like, what was the efficiency like back then when you first started? Did you, were you just like, Hey, this is just the way it is. Um, Cause everyone was probably doing it that way. What, uh, yeah. What was, what were those first couple years, you know, first five years like where you see kind of rapid change and you seem like a guy that just takes action. And so you, to correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like you, you just keep, you keep moving forward. You're the type that just innovates and, and looks to efficiency. So I'm curious about the digital, uh, the, the digital photo upload phase of home inspections. Yeah, that has been, it's been a while now since I've done that. Um, thank God, because that just, so much effort and I had to take so many extra photos just for information I would need to fill out the report. Otherwise I'd have to walk, walk around with a pen and paper and take extra notes, which I wasn't going to do. Um, so I just took all these extra photos I had to sit down and upload them. It took, you know, time and it wasn't like the stone age. It wasn't like I was on dial up or anything like that, but it took time. And then once you had them all in there, then you had to go write your report. You had to start filling things out. And it just, and you needed concentration. It wasn't something you could just do on the fly. Uh, fast forward to today, um, I'm a two-man shop. It's me and one other inspector, and we do everything together as a team. Mm -hmm. And I can talk more about why I do it that way later. But by the time we leave there, every photo we have is already in the report every we embed video in the reports uh constantly i've actually uh you guys had to switch me over to beta because i uploaded so much video and photo in a in a apartment complex that i the link wouldn't work i broke it <laughs> um you guys had to switch me over to beta report because i uploaded so much video um and which was kind of funny and awesome all at the same time but then like I realized how much data I'm sucking up. I mean, this was a 64 unit complex. So, wow. uh, and I went overboard, right? This place was rough, but if I had tried to write that something like that, uh, 10 years ago, the amount of photos I would have walked out of there with like 2000 photos and spent an entire day writing that report. In this case, it, I would left, I was done. I spent maybe an half an hour, proofreading some things in that massive report. Um, the other thing that's really notable for me is I can include more pictures but have a, and more video, but have a smaller page count. Um, 
That's big. What I mean by that is with, with your formatting, I've got everything shrunk down. So my average report is 40 to 50 pages long uh, because I can work with the template and get things tight like I like it, do everything in landscape view, not take 300 extra pictures of just things for CYA. I video certain parts of the house, the attic and the basement and any obstructions and all that kind of stuff. That's my CYA that's embedded in the report, but it doesn't take up much space in the PDF. It takes up the same space as one photo. Um, before I was using a different software, uh, my reports were 80, 90, you know, 70 to 80, 90 pages long. And I actually feel like I'm covering more information now in 40 to 50 pages. And that's one of the huge differences between old school camera upload and doing it on site would actually be page count. Yep. But the speed, obviously the speed, I'm doing four to five inspections a day. Um, I take 10 minutes afterwards. Like I mentioned, I do it with another inspector. We do as a team. He does his parts. I do my parts. Uh, we, you know, we sync it up. I look through it, got everything at a hundred percent. I do a proofread. And then I also have the summary right there when the clients are on site. I can go through summary with them, but essentially I proofread out my vehicle before I take off for the next house. Uh, make sure everything's nice and tight. I hit publish, I'm off. I don't have to think about it later uh, when I'm home that I got to produce all these extra reports. I got to upload all this stuff. And it really hasn't slowed me down. Uh, I was really concerned that it would slow me down on site, you know, as an the average inspection for the average homes, three hours for an individual. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to be here four hours. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe the first time or two, it did slow me up, but now that's my new pace. Um, I'm back to where I was before. I mean, within a couple of inspections, I was back to where my speed was back. It was just developing a new routine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I so. love that. How, tell me a little bit about, because you're a very personal boy, I'm curious of how you approach the client agent dynamic when they are with you on site while still, you know, cause some inspectors will say, ah, we, we don't want to have our heads in our phones the whole time. Cause that's not a good look for the client and agents. Like what's your take on that and how do you manage um, that dynamic? While still well, I, so being in this 10 years, one thing I've learned is just tell people exactly what you're thinking. I mean, mm -hmm. don't, I mean, have a filter, don't drop <laughs> have yeah. common sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but you know, if I'm in a situation where the client is on me, that's fine. Um, they can sit there and chat in my ear, and I'll say, "Hey, if I trail off um, in, in middle sentence here while we're while we're talking, I said, don't worry. Um, I'm just trying to do the report here. Um, I said I'm uploading everything right now, and I'm filling out all kinds of information. I said I don't have a problem with you being here." Uh, but you just, if I trail off in a sentence, it's because I spotted something or because I'm writing something and they're like, oh, okay. Because they're human too. And you just yeah. tell them what you're thinking, you know. Um, obviously, if your inclination is to be rude, don't be rude. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, people are like, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, um, yeah, let me, let me leave you alone. I'll go do something else. I'm, oh, and I'm like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Stay with me. And they're like, oh, okay. Uh, I also tell them, hey, if you get bored, because looking in the back of my head is really boring, um, <laughs> you can walk off. We'll go over the summary at the end. Um, I said, watch me works like watching paint dry. I said, however, if I see something really that you really need to see, I'll call you back. Um, every situation is different. You know, I get where 
there, the buyer's there, mom and dad's there, and grandma's there, and they're all asking me questions. And I kind of stop what I'm doing and address it and this and that, and then go back. And that's one of the best things about the um, Spectora is I know right where I left off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never walked away and said, oh, crap, I forgot the breaker panel because I know if I've been in that section or not. Um, I did that once like nine years ago when I was just using a digital camera uh, and said, oh my gosh, I called the agent and said, hey, I got distracted. I didn't get the breaker panel. I need to get back in there. And as embarrassing as that was, I mean, at least I got it done. They understood. Um, but now I have a fail safe. If I'm, before I leave a house, I make sure everything's to 100%. And running as a team, you know, we have to be extra cautious on that. Um, and also because I run on a team, when there's two of us, the clients don't know which way to go. So that's also um, helpful. They'll tend to follow me because I'm the lead. But uh-huh. um, they'll get distracted because there's two guys that are like, I don't know who to follow. I'm not going to follow anyone. So that's also my <laughs> secret. Hidden benefit. Hidden benefit of team inspections. And my other inspector knows if I'm you know, notorious for just stopping and talking and, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. He knows when I'm doing that. And sometimes it's because I'm talking with an agent and I really want them to know who we are and what we do because they're new to us. He knows that I'm distracted and we've got a time frame and we've got to get to the next one. He'll start picking up my sections. Mm-hmm. So uh, we carry two phones, by the way. We use one phone for just reporting. And the other ones are actual phones. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> we can text each other and he'll be like, you're caught up, right? I'm like, I'll just text him back real quick. Yep. And he knows exactly where to pick up because he can sync up and see where I left off. Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, so that, I love the communication. I think it's an underrated, uh, not, not underrated to us, but I think it's not talked about enough of just the value of what you just said of how you explain to people, Hey, yeah, you're, you're welcome follow me around might get a little boring just to like, I, I don't know if a lot of inspectors, uh, you know, make it that simple and clear. So this is a good segue into, um, you know, I, what I think to be some of the keys to your success over the years, like when, when did things really start to blow up for you and kind of what, what were the early struggles? Like, I kind of like hearing, you know, when things were uncertain before you kind of, you know, were cranking four or five a day, um, and kind of what, kind of the keys to that early growth and even today what's helping you grow um my initial mistake was not feeling comfortable just going out and doing it all just doing the inspections off the bat like I, I had a crutch for too long um granted I had an opportunity to own another business and all that uh you know so I started the inspection business, but then I also just within a year or two started a property management business. And that kind of became a crush because that was like money I knew I was going to make. Ah. And so that really stagnated my growth. Uh, anytime I spent um, focused on that business, which made me money, took away from me growing the, uh, the inspection business, which was probably four to five times the value uh, in money. So I can make four to five times as much doing inspection work as I can doing that. And at least with how we did it, I mean, if you're a property manager, <laughs> you guys might know how to run a property management business much better than I did. Uh, but I run a much better home inspection business than I did a property management business, mm-hmm. uh, much more profitable. 
and it, it just distracted me and it stagnated my growth for a long time. Um, long story short, we had this hedge fund that bought these properties. We decided, you know what, they're not holding up their end. They're not fixing up these houses the way they should be. I got to live in the city. They don't. We fired them uh, and got rid of that business and ended up, I was just like, okay, I'm left to my property, a uh, home inspection business. Um, I try not to say home inspection because I do commercial buildings and everything. Uh, I've scrubbed my template to get rid of home and just say property. Oh, <laughs> so I, I try right. to do that yeah. verbally too. Right. So when you hear me stumble on that is because I'm trying to retrain myself to say property because I don't want people to think that we just do homes. Um, yeah. That was a whole side rail there. Um, but that was my biggest mistake personally. Uh, as soon as I realized what I had done, I started putting full force into marketing. And I sat down with January and February of the, uh, six, seven years ago, something like that. And really just focused my attention. It was super slow. I was like, man, how am I going to make a living if it drops off every winter like this? Uh, you know, things like that. And I sat down with pen and paper and a whiteboard and drew up a plan on marketing. Uh, some of it still works. Some of it was a waste of time. Uh, but I just put effort into it and I went after it. Uh, now, I had known agents and I'd been in it for a while. So people already knew who I was. So it wasn't like I was starting from scratch day one. I had working knowledge of the industry. So I was easier for me to ramp up, right? Uh, it was a running system. I just had to turn up the dial. Mm -hmm. uh, but it felt a bit like, holy crap, you know, I've got to start from scratch because I really never did any marketing before that. I never really pushed it. Um, and so I really went after it, and that's when it started to change. It took about 60, 90 days, and that may have been the springtime coming, but that next winter when it didn't dip, I was really excited or, you know, didn't dip a lot. Um, and then the next, it, and ever since it's just been this continual growth straight up, um, every year adding, adding more, adding more, adding more. Uh, it wasn't long after that, that I needed help. Uh, within a year I needed help inspecting homes. Um, and I'll tell you, if you're ever going to do more than one guy at a house, you really want to use something like Spectora because then you can get that other guy's work without having to download it later from a, from a digital camera. It's all right there. You can review it all right there. Um, I'm really good at derailing here. Um, hey, hey, no, this is good. This is the stuff we want. The the struggles, um, a lot of times would be you finally get one. How do you get your foot in the door? It's any business. How do you get started? You know, mm -hmm. I can look back at agents I work with now and look at the lineage, if you will, I can say, okay, work with this agent and this client because I worked with this agent and this client and this person and that person. I can track a lot of these back to like, if I really were to run the family tree on it back to four or five people. Um, and the biggest thing I found is if you're really good at your job and you're really passionate about your job, because if you're really passionate, you're going to be really good. Uh, hopefully then you'll find people that are advocates for your business. Um, and what I mean by that is I got agents, a particular one who's become a very good friend of mine. He himself does not produce the most 
inspections for me because he doesn't, he's not the biggest agent that sells the most houses. You know, he does a good job. However, he has introduced me to more agents mm -hmm. so than any other person. And like, he is out there repping me to every agent he can think of all the time. Um, it's just because we built a relationship, but he's my advocate. I got a lot of agents now that work as my advocates, you know, they have their internal chat boards on Facebook and stuff like that. And I hear all the time an agent saying, oh, I got your name from this agent on our chat board. Um, and a lot of agents are dropping your name out there. So I decided to give you a call. And it's really been extremely helpful because then it's not just some cold uh, marketing sales call. Right. right. Um, so build I'm those advocates, you know, people are like, that want you to succeed. So what goes into a relationship becoming getting to that level? So like, what did you go out to coffee with the guy? Did you guys just click? And so you kind of just had fun, you know, whenever you did a job for him, like what, yeah. How do you blossom that kind of relationship? That's really good point. Um, some, obviously you're going to connect with some people better than others. I like to joke. I like to, walk the line of slightly inappropriate with uh, certain <laughs> yeah. agents because they're comfortable with that. I mean, and there's other agents that I would never do that with because, you know, that's not going to fly. But, you know, the ones I find that I get along with the most, we're going to joke. Uh, we've gone out for beers and things like that. But initially it's just that getting along and then, you know, a lot of it's just like bending over backwards and things get all sideways because, happened yesterday i had one lined up commercial property for sale by owner agent said oh crap the seller's not picking up their phone we can't get you in i'm like oh crap okay he's like i'm so sorry i'm like no big deal just let me know when we can get in you know he was expecting me to be all pissed off and i don't have time for this or whatever i'm like no man not no big deal at all just let me know it, yeah it's not convenient yeah it kind of wasted a couple hours of my day and it cost me some money i'm going to, have to tack it on somewhere this week which i really don't have room for but I'll make it happen. Um, and that kind of thing, when you start doing that and they don't feel like, Oh good. He's, you know, if they think you're being a jerk about it, that's mm -hmm. not going to fly. But if you're, if you're super nice and just accommodate, eventually they're going to go, Hey, this guy's not so bad. Um, and so it's, it's so many little things that go into it. And not every agent I work with is it smooth or not every agent I work with, we become good friends. Um, but going out for coffee, grabbing a beer, um, to the point now, after years and years of this, um, anytime I get company shirts, hats, whatever, mugs, um, certain agents will get them. Um, I just get extra. They love them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they have a competition with each other saying, hey, look what I got. Uh, did yeah. you get yours yet? <laughs> and it becomes kind of sought after, if you will. And then that travels into their office. You know, uh, people see my mugs there. That the fact, they're wearing one of my hats just on a random day. Um, and it becomes just this, it, maybe it's Kansas City. I mean, maybe New York City wouldn't run like this, right? I mean, but you know, we're a very friendly town, too. So we got that Midwest, everyone's your friend right, type right. of attitude. So I love that. It's probably something. It's probably some of that, you know, and uh, since I'm from the area, it makes sense. I mean, I can't tell you how many times a day I run into someone and it's like, 
you know, just a few degrees of separation. I can usually figure out someone that they know, you know, real quick. And so, but yet we're not a small town. I just, Kansas City is like a giant small town. Big small town. Yeah. Big small town. Um, You know, I I actually got a a little slice of that. I I finished college in Hayes, Kansas. I I think we may have talked about this before, but, um, you know, just small town, nice. You know, a lot of people went to Kansas City after being in Fort Hayes, um, Kansas, but I digress. Um, Did that always come naturally to you, the ability to kind of read the audience? Because it sounds like you you know the ones where you can kind of, you know, make that inappropriate joke, get a good laugh out of them, and then you bonded with them, right? And like, you know, you seem to kind of know where to pick and choose those spots. Did, uh, was that a feel, was that like kind of, you had to get comfortable in your own skin after a few years to where you just were confident and you, you just kind of knew your audience? Because I think that's a key point there to just say like, hey, you got to be yourself. Yeah. But you also have to know when someone's a little more buttoned up and then maybe you mirror that. Yeah, I mean, you can't be, man, I don't act the same way from my grandmas. I do my buddies from high school. I don't think anyone does. Right. Um, so I think some of that's common sense, right? Because if, you, if you're if you a one size fits, or if you just think, I thought he was a bad analogy. Um, if you just think that one way is the one way and I'm going to be true to myself and this and that, that's never going to work because that's not real. People don't, like I said, don't act the same way in front of their grandmas. They do their buddies from high school. Um, So um, the natural side of that common sense, but then there is being comfortable in your skin. Um, You know, the more I do this, the more comfortable I get. Right. Uh, You know, at this point it's, it's, I'm, I'm just comfortable with it maybe not so much in the beginning, you know, your first couple of houses, you're probably going to be super nervous, can't sleep the night before, that kind of thing. Um, part of it's comfortable because I came out of actually working on the homes. Um, but definitely the older I get, the more confident I get, the more comfortable I am being who I am, you know. Um, I mean, I run the range here uh, with, working with people buying brand new multi-million dollar homes or historic million dollar homes down to in the rough, roughest parts of Kansas city in a house that is really rough. And I can mm-hmm. go from one to the next. Um, I'm always going to be true to who I am, but it's really about finding a way to connect with who I'm talking with. Um, and some of these are investors. Some of them are first time home buyers, but you got to just kind of figure out who they are, um, where they're at in their life. Uh, a trick I do is try to kind of figure out who they're like that I know personally, like first time home buyers, uh, tend to be about my little sisters. I feel little sisters tend to be about their age. Um, and so I can envision talking with them and what they'd like to know. Whereas some seasoned investor out of California or Colorado, I'm not going to talk to them the same way. They're, they're not little, they're not, you know, younger. They're not, you know, they're not 28 year old women who are starting their family. Um, I'll talk with them more like my dad, you know, like he's a seasoned investor. He doesn't need me to hold their hand. He doesn't need me to hold his hand and things like that. So, uh, some of it's being able to envision, you know, who they are and where they're at. And, you know, you're not gearing your inspection towards them. You're just gearing your conversation to make it most useful. Um, my findings are my findings, but how I can interpret that to them because it's all about clear communication, right? You know, and if I'm talking to them to a manner that doesn't fit who they are, that's not clear communication. Um, and one of my favorite things to say is as an inspector, we only have two jobs. 
find defects and communicate it clearly. If you're failing on either one of those, you need to fix it or you shouldn't be in the business. Um, finding defects, that's learned. You can learn what defects are. Um, some of that uh, comes from experience. Some of that comes from classes, uh, whatnot. You know, I could teach someone raw about that. Mm-hmm. But communicating clearly can sometimes be uh, difficult for people. Uh, and I mean, on all fronts, like I will, re- I will think and rethink every step of my process 10 times over too many. Um, and clear communication is something I'm always constantly trying to figure out how to do it better, how to do it better. Um, Spectora was one of those answers for me uh, because of the format you guys are uh, which one of you, uh, it's you and your brother, which one of you is the UX guy? <laughs> uh, we're, we both dabble in the UX world. He's hardcore back-end programming. Okay. I'm a little bit UI, UX, sales marketing. Okay. Uh, that's what drew me to you guys uh, because UX, user interaction design is a huge thing. Um, and that is all about communicating clearly. Uh, that's why the iPod took off the way it did because it's UX is so much better than the, Yep. Uh, what was that big brick thing that Microsoft put out that sucked? Uh, oh. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, exactly. No one knows exactly. the name of it now. That's the but, point. You know, yeah. User interaction design is huge. And what you guys provide is clear, concise format that just reads like everyone's used to reading on Instagram now uh, to the point and color coded makes a huge difference. Um, that's why video, I mean, if I clutter my report with, and I'm 90 pages long, that cuts down to my clear communication, right? So my writing, my photos need to be clear. Be able to locate the photo, like I can put back right corner bedroom closet on the photo with a few clicks of the button. And so I don't, so people don't ask me, where is this? You know, it's, it's right there below the picture, clear, concise communication. And that's true in the written report, but that's true in who you, how you speak to your client. And if people were to obsess over clear communication with their clients, I think they would find a lot more success or find their life easier. Um, I like to just really think about what my clients need to know and provide them that information, not what I think they need to know, what they think they need to know too. Um, and provide them that because, you know, if you follow just the bare minimum standards of practice and you rely on that agreement that they sign that has a hyperlink to that, but they don't understand what the inspection process is because they didn't read what all that is, yep. then that's a failure, failure in communication. They'll be surprised when you didn't take the breaker panel off uh, because it wasn't required. You didn't really tell them you weren't. It was buried in the report, you know. I take a photo of it with it on, with it off. I take a video of inside the breaker panel, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I go really in depth on certain things, but then I don't really get too concerned about doorknobs and switches. Uh, those yeah. are easy to fix. Yeah. They're in the report, but let's not get overly excited about it. No one's gone bankrupt on doorknobs yet, but they have <laughs> on failed foundations. So. I absolutely love everything you just said. There's so many gems in there that, you know, I'm going to definitely pull out and kind of accentuate, but um, obsessing over communication, it it doesn't get enough airtime in our industry. I think guys 
like to obsess over PDF margins and font and uh, little, you know, layout things, but the time and it just sounds like you give so much mind space to the way you communicate, the way you relate to people. And that's probably why you're doing a thousand inspections a year, you know, like that stuff spreads by word of mouth and that it's just a feeling you get, which is hard because I think we all want to measure things by numbers and, but like, like you said, that relationship, they go and tell five other agents, part of it's just a feeling you gave them. And so I really love, mm-hmm. really yeah. love the way you said a lot of that. Um, uh, full disclosure, my brother, my brother's a UX designer. So uh-huh. <laughs> um, he, uh, he went through KU. He works for a company called Blue Origin. Uh, Bezos from, you know, uh, well, Amazon <laughs> owns it anyway. So, but he, you know, he, he, he thinks about this all day, every day, right? And he's my brother. We're very close. And he's taught me so much. Just him telling me about what UX is and explaining some things has made me really conscious of that. You know, he worked on like the Halo 4 video game. Um, so fun projects, you know. But, like, those things are highly important in industries, right? I mean, they pay guys like my brother to sit around and think about how to make something more user-friendly, right? Yeah. Uh, he worked for Boeing as well. You know, they paid him to ride on planes to figure out how people interact with the plane, to, you know, to how to make a plane more user-friendly, you know. Why, you're the only guys I know that have done that for uh, software, for us, for inspectors. Yeah. Uh and now I'm thinking, I think about it more and more like, okay, there should be a UX uh, component to how you book an inspection, um, you know, uh, user interaction. You know, like I became a bottleneck for answering my phone. I now use ACC and yep. uh, use ACC directly with you guys. Um, everything like that is now handled. And I'll get compliments. If you look at some of my reviews, they're like, oh, the booking process was so easy. The website's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm like, I have nothing to do with that, guys. But, yeah, I did a good job choosing stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, the report looks great. I'm like, man, I really can't take credit for that. Uh, you know, I didn't design the, you know, but even I use Spectora payments, right? I use your guys' so I can do refunds from right on site, you know, or something like that. They're like, oh, we decided not to do this test. I'm like, no problem. Here, let me refund your money. They're like, oh, wow. Um, it's, I get compliments all the time on stuff that I had nothing to do with. You guys built it or ACC took the phone call or my web guys did my website. It's like, I appreciate the humility. I appreciate the humility, but like you, you made the decision, you know, you, you made your choices. And I think there's so much uh, about getting a good team around you. And you sound like a guy that knows how to leverage your time and your money and, uh, and reap the benefits from it. And so that I love hearing that, you know, it's a, it's the choices you make and the position you put yourself in. Um, you know, speaking of, I want to give a few minutes to, um, well, I want to go back real quick. I want to, I wanted to get your take on the early marketing you did. I, I had a question I wanted to know, because I know marketing is a very broad, big term. Um, what yeah. was it physical mailers? Was it just cold emailing, cold calling, uh, working on your website reviews? Like what, what did kickstart the business initially? We'll spend a few minutes on that and then we can get to the fun advanced stuff. Yeah. I, failed to take reviews seriously in the beginning and only started taking reviews more seriously in the last year. So shame on me. I think I could have grown a lot faster had I been leveraging reviews. Um, I'm now taking advantage of that with blip um, and it works great. Um, 
having my website done by a professional with SEO helps um, a lot. Um, but the things I did besides hiring other people to do things for me, uh, creating content for Facebook. Uh, I would snap a few photos. I was careful never to capture the address or whose house it was or anything like that. It could be a photo from any house, up close, whatnot. Some of the weird and gross stuff you'll find, um, unique stuff I would put out there or maybe interesting stuff with an article talking about what that thing is to help explain something. Um, I would notice I would get likes from real estate agents and stuff like that. Um, and one of the best agents I work with, um, been working with him for like six, seven years now. Um, he liked a handful of stuff I put up in a week. So I direct message him on Facebook, say, Hey man, would you want to go for coffee so I can tell you about what I do? He said, sure. So I met him for coffee. Mm -hmm. I showed him my sample reports and he's like, awesome. I'll call you when I have a client, you know, and I did that a bunch with a bunch of people, you know, um, it didn't, some of them didn't work out. Um, totally fine. Uh, a lot of them did. Um, and like this one particular agent, um, he's now grown. He does, he's one of the top 200 in Kansas city. He's got a team under him now. His team uses me and it was all back to, I don't know. I made a couple of funny Facebook posts. Um, I like to put the gross and funny stuff. Uh, cause yeah. it gets attention. Yeah. Uh, funny always gets you more attention. I pay someone else to do the serious post because <laughs> I don't think about things like that. Um, and, and then just realizing who they are, like, okay, we're friends. I look at their profile. Okay, they're an agent. They like it more than once. You must like what I do. Let me give you a direct message. Yeah. And they already, already have an inspector. Totally fine. I'm not trying to step on other guys' toes. Um, and you say, you go out coffee, like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. Hey, you've got another inspector. Keep using them. Just make me your second, you know. Put me on your list, you know. Look forward to working with you. Um, that happened a handful of times. And then by the time um, um, they've used me two or three times, I'm like, dude, what happened? I thought I was going to be your second. I thought I was your backup. They're like, nah, we just like the way you report better. Like, oh, <laughs> so, and um I, and then also, you, you had Brian Stanley on here recently. Um, <laughs> he's a buddy of mine. We're both uh, here in Kansas City. So uh, getting to know guys like that, I think it's great. You know, having some friendly inspectors in town that you can talk with too. Um, that's kind of a segue from marketing. But um, having yeah. guys like that, they can challenge you. We challenge each other, you know. Um, he got me thinking I should do my own termite inspections and all that so i went and started doing that and that's added money to my bottom line so but um just a little shout out to brian there i love that um but that initial marketing um uh, mailers i never did i tried you know i went around and dropped off i had tape measures with my logo on them and pins with my logo on them and little notebooks i would give the clients for years so they could like draw floor plans and stuff like that those tape measures did well. Uh, people never threw them away. They had my number and everything on them. So it was like a business card they were guaranteed to keep in their glove box or their uh, kitchen drawer. Um, those worked pretty good. I don't really need them or I haven't really thought about them in a while. 
Um, that's about the most physical thing I ever did. Um, you can spend a lot of money on stuff and start handing that all away, though. You got to be smart about how you hand those away. Right. I know I went to a real estate office that I never dealt with before. I dropped them like 10 of everything, and I've never heard a word out of them. Um, it just um, doesn't hit sometimes. It just it, doesn't hit. Yeah. So that was a waste of like, you know, 50 bucks or something like that. I think I was about $5 a piece. You know, add them all up. So it was like, well, I just you know, wasted 50 bucks. Um, so I would say finding ways to get in direct contact. I mean, they're not going to call you just because you have a card or because you have a flyer or because you have a website, you got to get out there and meet them. And that's the hardest thing. I've always thought that maybe I should go attend open houses and just kind of mill around and meet agents, you know, and get in conversations. Um, but, I never actually had time to do that. So um, I guess if I was going to start all over in a new city, uh, I might do something like that. You know, I'd have my reviews right away going up um, and I'd find ways to meet with agents. Um, love it. And I love what, I love you. Your, no comment, your comment on social media, oh, I, I think is important is that you put a little, you put effort into what you were posting there. Like you said, you found something funny or gross or like, what is that thing? And most people don't put effort into social. And so the, the fact that you did that and then followed up with who liked it, I think is a, is kind of a gem and, and an underrated kind of tactic. The one secret I know is <clears throat> real estate agents will friend anyone on Facebook, um, find real estate agents on Facebook, friend them, they'll accept it. They're not going to turn it down. And then once you kind of have a few of them and then you find more and then you'll have more friends in common and they'll start recommending other agents to you to the point where like, okay, this is easy. I just start <laughs> picking out agents and, you know, you find their card at a restaurant, you look it up, pull out your phone, friend them on Facebook. Exactly. <clears throat> right. They're going to accept. So now I'm at a point where agents friend me every day. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, there's like a, there's a threshold here, right? Agents are reaching out. I have agents coming. Can, can I be one of your, can you do inspections for me? I'm like, of course. Like, <laughs> of course we can. They're asking for my permission rather than me asking for permission to do inspections for them. So Wow. Um, well, the holy grail. The holy grail of home inspections. Right. And so it's kind of like, well, that's weird. Um, just, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago, I could have, you would have looked at me like I was some lever and no. But you can turn the tide on that to where, you know, they start doing enough reports. They see your reports, at least in Kansas city. I know this is very regional. Like if I do a report in Kansas city, right. And that deal doesn't go through my report becomes public information. They now legally, that seller has to legally disclose my report for up to 12 months. Right. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's not true in every city. And some guys I think would have a fit over something like that. It's been one of my best marketing tools ever uh, because I'll get calls saying, Hey, I saw your report on XYZ address. Uh, we didn't buy that house. We saw your report. We thought it was really good, but we're under contract on this house. Can you do an inspection for us? So they've sampled my work or, you know, things like that. You do enough inspections. Then it's like, I got one yesterday. He said, yeah. I said, how'd you find us? He said, yeah, well, you inspected my buddy's house. And he said, you found everything. So <laughs> I wanted to hire you. I and it was his buddy who was selling it. Yeah, his buddy who was selling a house, you know, he felt like, 
holy crap, this guy came and found everything. Um, probably didn't, probably some hidden things, probably some minor things I didn't call, but yet it left that impression. The report was really good. Um, so now I get a, an inspection based off something like that. That's great. I love it. Um, you mentioned termite inspections. And so I want to get into a little, because I know we talked initially about Spectora Advanced and you're, you're one of our, um, you know, power users. And I think you, the fact that you started using it and you mentioned certain actions, emails that have led to upsells that have added to, um, you know, I, I don't want to tell the story, but like, tell me a little bit about your experience with Advanced. Um, I know months ago, we rolled it out. It was bumpy, had bugs. We went to work on them, fixed them. Yeah. You, you saw some of the worst of it. I want to hear your experience in terms of uh, just automated upsells because to me, it's not yeah. enough inspectors think this way and it kills me because I'm like, this is money on the table. Yeah. So actually when I came to Spector, that was kind of one of my caveats. I was like, you guys got to have an email system. Like you got to have a way for me to do this. And it was promised and it was delivered. So thank you. I had something similar with another company, but everything else was failing. That was like the only thing hanging me up. Right. So you guys got that resolved and made it 10 times better. Um, but so every time someone books, whether it's online or they're calling ACC immediately, it is an email sent out to them, the agent, the buyer's agent, the list agent, and they all get customized emails, right? They're all a little bit different. Uh, list agents being saying, hey, I'm, make sure your client has a clear path for me to get to all the important stuff. You know, and list agents are like, wow, this guy's emailing me right off the bat. Um, I have an automatic email that goes out to everyone now about the COVID-19 protocols that we're following through InterNACHI. Great, clear communication. But in every email that my client gets, they're going to get one to confirm they booked, and then they're going to get three reminders. One is three days before, one is one day before, and one is two hours before. And I think that's what the um, – when you start using them, I think that's what you guys automatically already have in there, which I found to be perfect. Mm. Um, I think that's by default, but I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and I use some of your guys' pre-template language and then have changed it so much it probably doesn't have any resemblance to it all at this point because I've just kept adapting it but it's um, basically saying hey this is your inspection at this address these are the things that we are you have signed up for that we are doing it might say whole home right on and that's it and here's a list and that's that goes as far as for clear communication again right that's in bright green because Agents were like, hey, you don't have this on the list, or hey, you're charging. They would get confused by the email. This is all black and white, you know? Hmm. So I started color coding certain sections to stand out. So if you look at my template, it's like, this is what you've chosen. This is what we're doing, one color. Here are other options of what we do, and it has my add-ons. It has their prices. It is a different color. And then since I've started adding packages, it's like, by the way, we also offer packages now. And this is, you know, it spells out what they are, and that's a different color of font. And so it, the eye distinguished automatically breaks them up into those three chunks, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll see, I did whole home and radon. And you and I were uh, chatting over Messenger, and all of a sudden I get a email back, hey, Adam, can you add on termite? We need to have that done. I write it back. No problem. Let me go do that. I go over, click a few buttons. It's now added on. It updates the contract. It sends them another email saying, you need to sign this. Here's the fee. And, it, and I've already been paid for the inspection. 
Uh, and so it prompted them for the extra money for the termites. Uh, I charged $75 for that. So they went immediately and paid. So before you and I got off chatting on the bubble, um, they had received an email that was automatic that I had nothing to do with, realized they didn't choose termite, asked me to add it on, I added it on, and then they went on and paid, and you and I weren't even done chatting on the uh, bubble. <laughs> That's what was so fun about that uh, conversation was it happened in the span of us just chatting. <laughs> so that was a, that was a yeah. specific action that goes out to people that don't add on termite initially for people that, that is not clear to you, right? Yeah, so I know, and I need to work at this. Um, like, you can break it down. It's like if you don't choose something, send them a specific email saying just about termites, right? Mm -hmm. Or you haven't chosen radon, send them an email just about that. Um, I haven't gotten that sophisticated yet. I, I need to break down some time to do that. Mine is kind of one fell swoop, right? It's just mm -hmm. like repeated to every single person every single time, and that's very successful. Um, I know this winter when I slow up again, I'm going to create it saying, Hey, I noticed you didn't choose a termite inspection. Here's a term, you know, and I can spell it out more in a specific email. Um, and like, Hey, I know she didn't choose radon and you know, they can receive an email just on that. And I can expand on those topics more to present them more information on why they probably should choose to do that or sewer scope. Um, and otherwise my, if I try to do that in my, everyday email that goes out to them it's already long enough i think it would just be too much information they wouldn't read anything yeah. um so that kind of goes back to ux people don't read crap um we all know this as inspectors they don't read if it's longer than a couple sentences they're not into it um and i like the idea of being able to send out hey you chose basically everything but this do you want this and it's geared towards just that um, so I can see that becoming even better, um, from what I already have, but I can tell you from what I have, ACC will get a call. I'll get emails, texts all, all day long saying, Hey, we chose this. I'd like to change to that. And it's just adding on more money, uh, adding on more services. And it's not just like, I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel like I'm gigging people for extra money here. I provide these services for a reason and I tell them why I think they're important. You know, uh, I have a thing that goes out about sewers about like, uh, even in a brand new home, I've done sewer scopes on homes that were, you know, 10, 20 years old and found major defects just found one last week or was that two weeks ago? I'm like a 2005 home, um, foundation had settled actually disconnected the sewer line. It was offset by like two, two and a half inches right at the foundation mm -hmm. wall. So all the sewage was dumping next to these people's foundation wall that they were about to move into. Uh, it's probably going to be at least two, $3,000 in repair. Uh, had we not done that sewer scope, we would have never known that. Right. And agents will sometimes say, Oh, it's plastic. There's no reason to uh, sewer scope it. There, there's not going to be any roots in it. And most likely a newer sewer line is going to be fine. They're probably right. But we don't know that. I can't promise you that. I can't guarantee you that. I'm going to tell you that's my limitation. Uh, if you would like to do one, it costs this much, you know, and people will go for that. And it's not like I'm selling them stuff they don't need. I don't feel bad about upselling um, services because each service is legit. Radon testing is legit. Mold testing is legit. 
sewer scopes are legit. Would you want to buy a house without doing these things? You know, um, even if it was brand new, you, it's not a bad idea to check the sewer. You know, you're about to make the largest purchase of your life. Of your life. You know, these are critical components, and without them, we have severe limitations. Um, I'm not pressuring them into it, um, but it's there. In it's an awareness. Way, it's awareness. You know, you're raising awareness that you offer services because a lot of times clients don't know. That's what inspectors need to remember is like, they just gloss over stuff and probably don't even realize how important a termite or a radon is, you know? Even if you don't think radon's real because, you know, there's plenty of people that don't think it's real, um, that's fine. Um, I would still offer it. Um, the EPA says it's real. You know, you go into court. They don't care what your buddy says about it. They, they really care what the EPA says about it. And that's what's going to stand up in court. And if you told them, nah, we don't do that. It's fake. You're going to pay for it, baby. Mm -hmm. um, and I've never been to court other than as an expert witness. Um, but I've never been to court. Um, I don't think I'll ever get there. God, I hope not. But um, I at least know that if someone were to say, hey, my sewer line collapsed, you didn't tell me it was collapsed. I'll be like, did we do the sewer scope? No. I offered it to you three, four times. And in my report, because again, I can change the template however I want. You know, I have in the very beginning an information saying, was a sewer scope performed? Yes or no. And if it, you know, we'll click no, then in big bright red letters at the top, we highly recommend sewer scopes because we cannot see what's going on underground. We cannot stress the system, blah, 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 blah. That would go out and that report specifically for those people. Uh, and they chose not to do radon. Again, we hit no. Um, it's simple yes, no question uh, that me or my other inspector can answer. Uh, we'll fill it out most of the time before we even get there. Um, and it serves as another warning in the beginning in bright red. So basically, if you've chosen not to do something with me, I'm going to remind you and put it. I'm going to ask you three times, four times if you want it. And if you don't, then I'm still going to put it in the report. That way, when you call me, say my sewer line collapsed. I want money for it. I'll say, man, I really, really tried offering this to you. I said it was important. I really, how, how else could I do this? Um, I had a client once that had that happen and they swore up and down that I should have known that it was collapsed. And I said, there's no possible way. Um, they were very upset with me. Um, and I, after talking for quite a while, they just wanted someone to pay for it. I'm not going to pay for it. They turned that service down many, many times. And ultimately they said, well, you didn't sell us on it enough, uh -huh. you know? Uh, and that's where I'm like, that, that, that bothers me. You know, I didn't sell them enough. That, that doesn't make sense. You're a grown adult buying your own home. You were warned, you offered it three, four times. And then I put it in a report, you know, I don't know what else I could have done. They didn't have the money to do it. Um, so they sure as heck didn't have the money to make the repairs. And I all but said that to them, you know, and well, but, but you cover but yourself, you know, with multiple emails, multiple opportunities. I think it's a, it's interesting. That's an interesting take. Actually. I really like that as a, almost a limiting liability by exposing them to it multiple times yeah. by saying, Hey, you had the chance. Right. You know, and, 
and then the last ditch effort is on the report, you know, like, yes, your honor, I tried. I, what else could I do other right. than do it for free? You right. know? Um, and court's a lot more interesting than people think. It's not super black and white, you know, it's a lot about feeling, a lot about emotion. There's not like, well, if you offer it to him twice, they turn it down and you can never be legally held responsible. It's not like that. Um, as serving as an expert witness, it's a lot more about emotion and feeling. And, you know, it's not about the standards of practice. It's about the standard of care and things like that. You know, with the standard of care breached is what you hear all the time. And having been someone that testifies against contractors, it's an interesting concept, right? Um, did they meet the bare minimum? Well, yeah, this contract met the bare minimum because they passed uh, city inspections. <laughs> You know, well, definitely they should be able to be sued, right? They built this home. They did a they passed all the city inspections. How can you sue that builder? Well, because they did a crap job and didn't meet the standard of care, right? It's like saying, well, I did the standards of practice, but then you get sued and you can't figure out why you lost because you met, you didn't meet the standard of care. Right. And that again comes back to clear, concise communication. So full circle, full circle, my man, clear, concise communication. I love it. Um, well, hey, we got to wrap up here. I know, I know you probably have inspection to run to. Um, but gosh, this was packed with so much. I, I can't thank you enough for spending time to kind of share your share your worldview and experiences with us. I think this will be very helpful to a lot of people. Oh, I appreciate it. I feel like I just unloaded 10 years worth of... <laughs> yes! I mean, my poor inspector gets, hears me preach about this stuff all the time. And it makes me realize I'm just like my dad who preached at me the same thing every day, all day, and I'm doing it to him now. So now the rest of the world gets it on a podcast. <laughs> I just get it on is, a, is the website and your email the best place if inspectors want to network or have questions or just, uh, you know, have it, want to go deeper with any of this? Uh, friend me on Facebook, that's for sure. Um, cool. uh, that's always an option. You can't go through my website. Um, kcpropertyexperts.com um, and then you can do a contact me if you want to contact me directly. My cell phone number is not out there. You're going to get ACC and they guard me against uh, 55 it. phone calls a day. I used to get I'm down to five. Um, so, but yeah. Um, through my website, there's a way to contact me, but Facebook is a really good way to go. Perfect. All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon. I think we'll be able to do another one of these uh, on some specific topics in the future. So thanks again for the time. Alan. No problem. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Take care. See you. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.